And one minute he's sort of planning, how can I, you know, st- stick some, you know, needles in my body yeah. to make myself better. The next he's trying to sort of give some advice how this guy's not going to get ended up murdered, yeah. and, you know, for going against the Russian government. It is quite a drastic change of uh, role. Hey guys, this is episode 95 of Flix Watcher. Thank you for listening. Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher podcast. Today I'm joined by Josh. Hey Kobe. And Boyd. Hello. And Helen. Hello. As always, and we're going to be talking about the award-winning, Oscar award-winning documentary, Icarus. And if you want to hear more about us or read more about us online, come to our website, flitzwatcher.tv, visit us and join in the banter with us on Twitter at flitzwatcherpod and head over to iTunes, subscribe to us, review us and share with your friends. There will be spoilers and bad language. You have been warned. (laughs) Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watch Podcast. In our studio today, we have Josh and Boyd. If you would like to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about the podcast that you do, please. I am Boyd Hilton. I um, I do quite a few podcasts, I'm afraid. So let me just mention um, Basic Bingers, which is a weekly pop culture slash TV review. Um, Pilot TV, which is a weekly TV review. Arsenal, footballistically Arsenal. Um, which is a weekly trawl through the latest reasons why Arsenal are better now than they were under Arsene Wenger, which I happen to uh, record with the great Josh. Yeah, I am here. I only have one podcast to report, I'm afraid, which is Footballistically Arsenal, as Boyd just mentioned, which is a, a weekly look at what's going on at Arsenal. So if you like Arsenal, you may like it. If you don't, less so. And at the moment, you guys, you guys are going through a, a purple patch. We are pleased at the moment. It is, is 10 W's, 10 wins in a row. Yeah. But by the time you listen to this podcast, <laughs> it invariably it won't gone still be. Yes. Likely it would have gone to shit. Can I also mention GQ, GQ, GQ Strike as well? Sorry, I knew there was another podcast. That's yeah. fortnightly look at football, general football. Yeah. I could tell you this whole podcast with details of my various other podcasts. You could po- do. Is that right? Yeah. Podcast directory of your yeah. podcast. Yeah. Podcasting Apologies. is... Infectious, contagious, you have to do more than one word for this. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it. It's, when it's, it comes to me, anyway. It's where, you, I mean, Pilot TV is a new one uh, yes. for yourself. I've been listening to that oh, alongside, uh, obviously, a spin-off from the Empire Magazine podcast. True. Um, you got the Terry Hilton. Editor, Terry White. Terry White, sorry. I'm Boyd Hilton. Easy Boyd mistake Hilton. to make. We're not husband oh my and gosh. wife. Uh, yeah. And uh, James Dyer. Yes. Uh, are the, are the three heads of Pilot TV. Correct. Um, How is that going? Um, I think it's good. Yeah, the feedback's been brilliant, actually. Um, I think people... Um, if weirdly, weirdly, there are fewer... You'd think there are loads and loads of TV recommending podcasts, but there actually aren't. And Because um, the pilot TV one specializes particularly in what we call cinematic TV. Right. So big, you know, ambitious. So not strictly. Not coronation. Definitely, yeah, we don't... Exactly. So we don't do... I mean, we don't, we, I'm, not, I'm not saying... Corey, I love Corey. I mean, I haven't watched it for years, but I'm nothing against soaps and reality TV and all that. I watch all that stuff, you know, but the pilot TV is is just about drama and comedy, scripted stuff and like making a murderer and stuff that is big, bold, ambitious stuff. Well, you got, I mean, the the Little Drummer Girls one, when you talk about cinematic TV, that's a big one that's Mm. due to the land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Josh, you've chosen a sports documentary and I I really like the way you've chosen because you've, we're going to talk about this a fair bit, but you spent some time in Russia, which is a lot of the backbone of this recently. Well, I, I went for the World Cup for a couple of weeks, uh, which was, of course, a sports-related trip to Russia. So I, I was fascinated really by the idea that with football at the moment, I think people have become 
maybe fatigued with the money involved in the game. But mm. there's no element of feeling like it's unfair that the Man City players might be the best in the world, but they're not on drugs. They're not better because they're on drugs. They're better because they are better footballers and they can afford to buy the best footballers in the world. But this idea that, that, that you know, people who are, you know, athletes who are not doing it for the money, they're doing it to be the greatest athletes that they can be, are getting to the Olympics. The idea that there's other people that are there or have been there you know, against them on the blocks or whatever sport it might be that have got an unfair advantage. That, I think, is is fascinating and, and terrible. And I was just so intrigued, really, to to sit down and watch this because, uh, you know, I think it's, a, you know, it's an unusual and intriguing story. Yeah. Can you give us a two-minute synopsis before we go into the chat about, about Icarus? Yeah, I, I don't time me. I don't know if it'll be exactly two minutes, but well, I'll do my very best. The stopwatch is out. Time him, time him. <laughs> so Icarus is, is this documentary uh, by um, an American called Brian Fogel. So he is intrigued into the idea, can he effectively dope himself um, when he is uh, taking part in an amateur cycling race called the Hort Route? Um, so all the best amateur cyclists in the world will go there. And so he he went and did it sort of not on drugs. And then he sort of went under this, you know, extraordinary program of in- injecting himself um, with the view being that at the beginning, I think this documentary was going to be a story of how he could he could cheat and, and be more successful. Now, the, the irony is, of course, he does much worse when he's under drugs, but that isn't really the story that carries through the film. The story is that he stumbles when he's looking for someone to help him dope into this Russian scientist who's Dr. Grigory uh, Rodchenkov, uh, who at the time is a director of Russia's National Anti-Doping Laboratory, which becomes very ironic. Uh, and it's uh, Rodchenkov who creates this plan for Fogel about how he... It is going to dope, but it it, it um, to, to try and put this succinctly ends up really being the story of this doctor um, and how he does prove that he can pass someone through all the the checks and balances that should be there to ensure that someone. Um, you know, if they are doping, then they get caught. Um, and then becomes a story of, of Rochenkov really wanting to be the whistleblower on everything that's happened. And he he talks about how he's, you know, uh, ensured the Russia's 13 gold medals at the Winter Olympics in Sochi mm. so that on home soil, they would be so much more successful than than they were, you know, otherwise going to be. Um, and, you know, the the evidence that he has is, is startling and it all ends up with him taking it to the New York Times, who, you know, after a bit of back and forth with the FBI ends up on the front pages, it becomes an international story um, and is a, you know, a, a huge documentary um, that played a pivotal role in, I think, you know, looking at attitudes into sort of drugs in sports. So um, I don't know if that was a, a, a wonderful two-minute synopsis, but I hope that is a, it gave an a good overview of where we are. A few points. Did you, did you time about. in precisely? How? Yeah, it was one fifty-eight. That's pretty, oh my yeah. God, you see, that's really good. I'm not going to be able to see that work. I'm going to go way over um, but I guess I, I, from my heart, I, I'm a sports nut. Yeah. I, I love sport, and and I, I was desperate to, to sit and watch this. I love a bit of doping. <laughs> Look, you just cannot get enough of steroids. Um, <laughs> so, from my from my point, one one of the kind of pivotal moments uh, for me as a kid watching sport was Ben Johnson at the at the Seoul Olympics. First of all, winning it. Second of all, being found a drugs cheat. And mm. ever since then, that's always been like. That is the worst thing you can be is like someone who wins but at the expense of everything else. Um, and it's a shame that it still happens. I mean, Brian Fogel, who's the main protagonist in this, in this before Rachenkov comes along, he talks about Lance Armstrong being his kind of um, the main person he follows and then being gutted. So this is, I mean, we could talk about the performance enhancing drugs in quite a broad brush here. One thing I really loved about this 
documentary was that it starts out like um like supersize me where he's gonna do the, yeah. an experiment on himself but turns into this whole completely different thing probably not what he was expecting absolutely not definitely not i mean the, the whole this the whole the incredible thing about the, the, the story falls into his lap mm. really so i, I think in, i think it's really interesting the extent to which this won the oscars you said this was the best that won the oscar for best documentary yeah but if he'd have actually carried on making the documentary he thought he was making, which was about him, as you say, in that supersize, putting himself in the in in the position of a doping cyclist, mm. it wouldn't have been anywhere near as interesting as what he ends up with, which is this unbelievable tale of a whistleblower. Yeah. So I, I've I've always felt with I mean I love I love I love absolutely love watching this film and I and I was riveted to it when I went when it went to see it when I saw it when it came out when Netflix put it out. But I've always thought part of me has always thought how can you work out how good it really is as a piece of filmmaking because the story uh, didn't fall into his lap. Not only the story falls into his lap, he doesn't know the main character when he right. starts planning it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's extraordinary. If there's one person yeah. you come away, you know, talking about, thinking of everything, someone who, you know, through misfortune effectively and that the guy he wanted to help him out mm. wouldn't and knew a dodgy Russian who, who was willing. <laughs> yeah, here's some guy, uh, don't check him out, but yeah. he'll, he'll sort you out. <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts, Helen? Is this your first time watching it? Oh, you hadn't heard about this before, had you? No, I seem to completely bypass me for some reason. Um, I mean, it is really interesting because I didn't... I mean, it's kind of a twist, isn't it? I mean, the twist is that actually the performance-enhancing drugs don't really enhance his performance. But, well, hey, we get to, you know, be the whistleblower on doping for the last how many years in, in the Russian Olympics. So, I mean... I didn't see that coming from from that point of view, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he didn't either. Um, and yeah, it just becomes a very, very, very different documentary from the first hour or so, or well, the first forty forty five minutes or yeah. so. Because I think I was I was gutted for him that he wasn't able to beat his time. <laughs> yeah, from... because, well, it, it did show in some way that the drugs had because that that first leg of his amateur race, he he did improve. Yeah. But it sort of showed that in cycling, one mechanical error with your bike yeah. and you can't screw you. Yeah. you can't recover because actually in all his tests, they were saying you're 15 or 20% better than you you were going to be sort of going in. So it did prove the effect. And I mean, you know, just visually seeing the, you know, injection into his legs or into his to his ass that he was willing to to go through to, to get that 15 or 20%, at least gave you a bit of an insight into what the likes of, Armstrong and all the other drug cheats that have been found out went through and were happy to go through just to get that you know one two percent edge that they could. And also, you kind of, and I'm not, you kind of realise that actually it's all about the, the small increments, isn't it? The the, the, the doping that part of the reason why his the whole idea. That's why I keep I, I keep going back to. I'm not sure how valid or interesting this would have been if his original plan had gone through because actually. It's all about the elite peak, peak, isn't it? Of yeah. cycling, particularly in cycling, mm. with the, those the drug. If, if you're not taking drugs, I mean, this is what a lot of other cyclists seem to have said in recent times, ever since the Lance Armstrong case. If you're not going to go down that route, route, then you have no chance. That yeah. seemed to be. I mean, I don't think it still is, but it seemed to be the case. Whereas, obviously, he's on a much lower level. He's not anywhere near that Olympic champion level. So, it always, the whole idea of it. I remember when you again when I first started watching it, the first, I was thinking. The whole idea of this is, is isn't really valid because it's all about how much it's affecting the Lumpstrong songs in this world, not you, not you, some amateur but the, cyclist. The argument is, and I um, read some books about it recently. The argument is that obviously the lower, the lower down, the more the larger effect it has. Uh, it's the kind of the eighty twenty kind of principle. Well, it should have been he because I think he finished twelfth. I think in he his 14th, year without fourteenth without his drive. And I presume he was hoping when he was coming up with pitching this <laughs> idea to people 
well, I'm going to give myself a huge chance of winning. Like, I, I want yeah. to be on the podium. I'm going to be first, second, or third, mm. showing that I one could get away with cheating. Although, also when you when you look at this idea of what his original idea was, it, it shows you know not only you could dope, but it's it should be about how to get away with doping. And yeah, he doesn't yeah. get checked at his yeah. amateur yeah. race. So that wouldn't really have shown anything because yeah. we wouldn't have seen that check. So again, there's a real flaw with yeah. what his idea. He'd have had to go, excuse me, any chance yeah, you could just exactly. check because yeah. I've been cheating. Can you just have me up? Here's my Wii. Yeah. I want to Wii now. Can you yeah. watch me? No? To be fair to him though, and I, I, I think um, he's totally transparent, isn't he? Like yeah. that's, I think, is a really good thing about the film is that he does not, he's not at any point, he kind of, uh, doesn't he, I mean, at various points, he's almost like saying, I don't know how valid this whole exercise is. And then it's not until the the whistleblower becomes the star of the whole show that he then, that it all kind of clicks into gear as a, as a, as a, as a kind of fascinating process. Well, yeah, at one minute he's sort of planning, how can I, you know, st- stick some, you know, needles in my body yeah. to make myself better. The next, he's trying to sort of give some advice how this guy's not going to get ended up murdered, yeah. and, you know, for going against the Russian government. I mean, it is quite a drastic change of uh, role. You'd it's quite like to see what the the footage they've got and what they had and how they managed to edit it all because there must mm. be, like, lots of bits that they were thinking, how can we use this and how do we suddenly go segue from cycling to uh, being hunted down by... Russian KGB. It's completely harrowing. I met, um, I actually met Brian Fogel. Mm. He came to, I saw this at Sundance London. Wow. And uh, he was there and he was talking, I was, I was yeah. speaking to him about it. I was like, dude, that, what the fuck happened in that documentary? Um, how's Gregory? And he said, Gregory's in hiding. This is a year and a half ago. Mm. And he was there, Brian Fogel was there himself with bodyguards because that's how shit scared. Wow. I'm, I'm not sure if it's maybe there because it's going to be in a public place, but um, that he was himself like concerned. Yeah, or, I mean, if they're offering them, you take them. Yeah, I think so. So it's not just it's it's a whole it's like a heist film because explaining how this whole whole scheme works, where they get the A and B samples, split them off, unscrew the cap, throw them away, wash them, put them through his like fake hole plug, in the wall. Yeah, fake plug hole in the wall. The KGB people would do this. It's insane. It's actually insane. <laughs> yeah, it would it would make for a you know a, a fiction TV documentary that you would yeah. you know quite enjoy watching. It is incredible to think that that this is what was going on, and, and more so that you know, this when Fogel was sitting there at the beginning thinking about I'm going to that wasn't ever going to be an international news story. Let's not forget like Lord Seb Coe was having to sort of get up there on his high horse and explain to the world why you know Russian athletes weren't going to be going to. An Olympia is a huge international story. The Olympics, the biggest sporting event in the world. Russia, you know, population-wise, in the you know the top few countries in the world for an audience watching the Olympics to, to take a country out of the Olympics. I mean, that's a, it became a huge international story. But also the the concept that Russia has been doping their athletes for the last X amount of years is not unbelievable. I mean, no, it's not. Everyone new. kind of assume mm. that yeah, they're kind of doing it, but to this scale and to what extent and how far up it went and kind of the actual logistics of it. What I what I really loved is when he's he's almost doing that meet the parents face off with uh, Gregory Rochenko, just asking him, can you just respond yes or no? Does you know does Vladimir Putin know about this statewide? Mm, yeah. It's like yeah, of course. You're like okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, they do explain the sort of the the route down. I think it's yeah. Mutko, isn't it? The sportsman is they sort of explain that whole route down, who reports into who, and yeah. and ultimately saying you know at the very top are clearly aware of what's going on and, and endorsing it almost. I mean, it is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a rem- 
it's, and of course they haven't they never admitted it they? Russia always denied it I mean yeah. you know like he well they, they labelled him as crazy because yeah. of his mental well, he supposedly did try to commit suicide so there is this kind of darker element that comes in but it's, the whole thing is just kind of symbolic of Russia's dark you know kind of almost anarchic <laughs> you know, isn't it under Putin's just way of dealing with power and just thinking they can do whatever the hell they want I mean it is an incredible well, indictment after the 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 first Olympics are coming, the first or the second, uh, his popularity went up so yeah, much yeah, that's when yeah. he decided to bomb Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's the effect on yeah. his popularity. Yeah. He decided, well, yeah. I'm all powerful now. I've, you know, you've... Yeah, national feeling, yeah. you know, it, uh, undeniably. What? Look at what we did in England in the World mm. Cup. So when sporting, you know, success, there's a greater feeling. There's, you know, less animosity towards, you know, the incumbent. <laughs> the and man. Let's go, go and kill some people. And, and yeah, and, and it's incredible to think, you know, did that Russian state die? It gets 13 gold medals, you know, incredible successful Winter Olympics. You know, forces, you know, the hand of, you know, feeling like this is, you know, I'm now going to be in a strong enough position to, to go to war with Ukraine. I mean, it's... It's an incredible line of where politics and sport can... And, they, and they're going to be back in the Olympics next time, aren't they? Yeah. They've been let back in extraordinarily. So they weren't in the World Championship of Athletics, were they? Uh, yeah. there was they 100 or so didn't make it to Brazil. Right. But that, that was kind of it. And then you had these outlier athletes who discredited them, they took yeah. themselves out of Russia so yeah. they could compete. Yeah. And and they independently, became, yeah. yeah. Independently. But effectively, they've got away. I mean, they haven't got away within the sense that, you know, a lot of... A lot of Medals were rescinded and all of that, weren't they? But they've got away with the sense that it's like hard people, <laughs> anyone cares. And WADA seemingly, the World Anti Doping Agency is like forgiving them and they haven't done what they were supposed to do to mm. meet. This. And I saw the quote from the director himself saying how shocked he was that, you know, they're kind of going to be accepted back into the fold of the Olympics. It is. Yeah. I mean, what's so, what's so sad is I think, let's say you get a medal rescinded, you know, a few years later when you can prove someone to that athlete who came second no, yeah, or course. came fourth. Yeah, you know, they yes, they will get a gold medal FedEx to them because they, <laughs> yeah. they do. They get they get. You can one. have a ceremony, can't you? If you want one, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. But, I mean, just imagine. I mean, it's you, a, bit, you, be a bit sad. So. I think you can't get that back. No, no, it's, it's a terrible. Yeah. Thing. I seem to remember Jessica Ennis getting a second yeah, that's right. Yeah. Medal. That's she, almost what you, what I wanted. You wanted to see almost like an athlete that had been cheated by mm. one of these people that had been found. You always, that might have led you know given a, another view or a bit of emotion to seeing well you know it's very well seeing about you know that they still got 13 gold medals and all everything that's positive but you know what it does to the person who's worked their whole life to you know ultimately come forth at the hands of a cheat I think we should head to the scores here guys sure So um, our scores are all out of five. You can have decimal places, um, you can have a zero, but you can't have any minuses. And we will start the scoring off with you, Josh, because you picked it. So your recommendability, please. Love that word, recommendability. <laughs> I think it. I mean, wow, this depends on who you are, because I think, you know, my, my fiance sat there watching it with me and didn't get through the entirety of it. At what point did she die um, I think. Well, when I said, I mean, she was on her phone. She wasn't. She wasn't completely locked in on it. So I, I'd say like three and a half. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, I'd say three and a half. And I really liked it. But I just think if I was taking the average person in my phone book, mm-hmm. um, who I'm in touch with, do I think they'd really enjoy sitting watching it? I'd say about three and a half. I mean, I I do. Helen and I score different. I do consider the average person, um, but yeah. Three and a half. I've seen lower than I thought you were going to say. Uh, yeah, basically. yeah. yeah. Uh, Boyd. Oh, I'd give, I'd give it four. Yeah, I think. Um, 
I mean, what she what you're so wait a minute, you're telling me your fiance didn't didn't think the intrin the story was it because all the so until it got to the Russian stuff, the the real the whistleblower thing, and it was all the, the the kind of first forty five minutes or whatever. That was yeah, I think that's when it was lost. Yeah, to be honest, the, yeah, I don't think she worked close oh, okay. because I. It's like I say, this wouldn't have been a you know award-winning film, yeah. But for what happened, so no, maybe no, no, yeah, totally, just the yeah. first half an hour I didn't lock her in. Right. Um, okay. I That's had no problem obviously seeing through it. Look, um, I mean, I don't know if I, you know, if people who like sport, I think I'd go higher than three and a half. But I think average. Person, okay. No, no. I'll stick to four. Yeah. Okay. Helen. Um, I'm also going to go four. Um, I kind of empathise with your girlfriend in that <laughs> I wasn't completely just with, be with it Josh. All, the, all the time. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, and I think it's because a little bit of the structure, because this film was never meant to be a documentary about the whistleblowing, it lacks that kind of the athlete input, which you said would have given it the human element and kind of based it a little bit more in like, these are the actual effects of, you know, what happened and people giving away the medals. And because it's not been kind of, not necessarily scripted, but planned as being that, I think it's a little bit too long and it gets... A little bit saggy in the middle, right. and I kind of like was a bit like so. Let's get to the bit where you know they they you know tell tell us how it happened, or get to the bit where you know what happened mm. to all the medals, get to you know the actual Olympics and things. So I think because it wasn't conceived to be what it ended up, it's structured lets it down a little bit so it's not as impactful as it probably should be given its content. Yeah, I, I agree. I think maybe also you know going back to my mark there. Because I, knew, you know, I, it's what you're seeing Lord Co say what he's saying. Then I, because you know what happens, it's sort of you want to speed up in a way. You, know, you want to get to the point where you sort of re- reveals what happened. But mm. yeah, I'll stick with my three point five. Sorry, boy, you seem upset. No, I'm absolutely not upset. No, <laughs> you thought I'd go high. Yeah, but I'm yeah. not upset. Okay. Okay. I guarantee you. If I'm upset by that, then uh, I'll be upset when. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. If it goes another way. Okay. I'm going. I'm going for four point seven five here. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, that's pretty high. It's high, and it's high for me. I love this. I l- absolutely loved it. Um, I think I would have been generally very happy with the the first inception of the documentary and kind of testing yourself in EPO. I'm, I'm a cyclist, and I, I know people who have actually taken mm-hmm. them, and you're just like, why the fuck are you doing that? Very promising athletes, and they've been kicked out of like junior GB and stuff like that. Uh, just, when you say you're a cyclist, are you, you're in Team Sky or something? You... I'm not in Team oh, Sky, okay. I'm just... Uh, a local oh, okay. amateur cyclist, but I know a lot of decent cyclists as well. Um, like me? Like, like Helen. Um, <laughs> both, both, both in Team Sky. And so I, I, I was just generally mm. interested. I know the, I knew the whole route before he did it. I was just like, that's insane. Oh, you're biased. You're, you're like totally in, in the cycling Yeah, so I knew, I knew what he was doing before right. it started. So I was just okay. generally like, yeah, I really want yeah, to know yeah. what the effect is. Right. And as a sports person through my life as well, I've always wanted to know like, would, would I have benefited from steroids etc so I, I really liked the structure from the start and I was interested in that but then when it shifted that took it to a whole new level which I wasn't expecting and I don't think is um, even if that was a was a, a drama I don't think you would have expected that kind of shift in the, in the storyline and I think that's very rare in the documentary uh, and this is something I have recommended to a lot of people as a result of that I just say don't don't read anything into it just watch it and then we could talk about it afterwards um, so I think yeah, four point seven five. So um, next, yeah, repeat viewing. Which I mean, we'll let the scores speak to themselves on this one, but we'll be interesting to find out what you give for repeat. Maybe two and a half. 
um, in terms of repeat. I don't. I don't think you'd you'd, you'd rush to watch this again. I think you would pick up um, a few more details, and, and you could sort of you know clock in on a bit more of the systems that are in use, and mm-hmm. you know the Russian political figures, and the sort of things you'd, you'd take watching it again. Uh, but I think you know you 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 understand what the story is. You, you understand where the ending is that we now don't really know where the doctor is living somewhere in America, hopefully very safe. Um, and that Russia, is, as Boyd said earlier, you know, Russia ultimately sort of get away with it. And, you know, they go on and, you know, a few months after that documentary is released, hold a World Cup that's seen as incredibly successful and mm. shows the world, a, you know, a side of Russia they wanted to show and, you know, very positive, no trouble. Um and that's uh, yes. Yeah, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't rush to watch it again. It's got slightly off tangent, but <laughs> yeah, two and a half. Right. Bottom line is, you wouldn't rush to watch it again. I, I mean, as a question on that, one thing I've never, I've, has never been prevalent in my, to my knowledge, is um, performance performance enhancing drugs in association football. In no. American football, yeah, yeah. they use it. Yeah, um, but you I get some ne- cokeheads, don't you? But that, uh, the question yeah. of how um, performance enhancing that is is open to debate. A few, very few, maybe mm. done something to, mm. to do with steroids over yeah. the years. But um, but do you think that's yeah? Not, I think there's that, a serious testing now, so I, I just don't think it's worth the risk, is it? You, you're such no. a reward from being a professional footballer. Um, so do look, you think that's the, that's the counteract? Is that football is in terms of visibility as a, on a global scale versus anything else? Um, isn't it the nature of because it's a team sport yeah. as well? It's harder, isn't it? To, it's harder and, and, and I don't know, it's like weirder to to go that far. But then you have the American football, is it? Uh, yeah. Well, the Ameri- but then America, so. <laughs> and American football is so, isn't it? Those bodies are ridiculous, aren't they? Yeah. Whereas I think, you know, it's a, it seems to be a more natural body that you're going for to be a, to be to a, a footballer. top footballer. Yeah. Apart from maybe Cristiano Ronaldo. Sorry, I've just done a very quick, uh, a quick Google, which was, yeah, uh, it says only one Premier League player has ever failed a test for using performance-enhancing drugs in a league match. So there you go. We've had 25 years of Premier League. I'm not going to get sued, but there were rumours, there have been rumours of various players yeah. that they were secretly um, what if found what? guilty of performance-enhancing drugs and were kind of, and, and, you know, had fake injuries, but I don't know if any of those are actually true. Well, this is part of what I was kind of trying to get at. Oh, uh, okay. It's like... It's, 25 years and very few people. Yeah. Is it being kind of sheltered? Oh, it may have simply been. It may have not been. many people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boyd, for yourself. Oh, repeat yes. Um, re- repeat viewing. Um, yeah, I mean, two. I mean, I have watched it twice because because uh, I watched it originally when it came out on Netflix. I watched it again for this. And I enjoyed it the second time, actually. I'm more than I did. I was slightly, you know, I was slightly like, do I really need to um, watch this again? But I did. And... Um, but I would not, I'm definitely never ever watching it a third time. I mean, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> it's hard for a documentary, isn't it, to be repeatable. Yep. Um, but, so I would give it two, yeah. I mean, I know some that are. I'm trying to think maybe like a Michael Moore documentary. I've, I've watched Fahrenheit 9-11 well, sometimes. I, I want to watch 9-11 and the new one. before it's watching good. 11-9. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I really liked it, yeah. yeah. Well, also, we had um, Blackfish recently. Which oh, yeah. We enjoyed watching. Yeah, that's great. We enjoyed, yeah. got a lot from it second time around. I think that's the thing with documentaries is I, inherently they have a lower view, a repeat viewing score with us but if you watch them again you're still like yeah that's actually really good mm. uh, yeah. but it's never something you think rarely is it something you think I want to watch that documentary again it's maybe some kind of stigma um, let's see what how that falls for you for yourself um, Helen. I mean it's it's a one it's two hours and one minute long which is quite long <laughs> um, I think I got everything I wanted from it this time around <laughs> first time yeah yeah, I'm going for a two. Um, but how many times have you seen it then? Twice. Okay, so you 
Okay. Point for each. Yeah, yeah, a point for each. The first time I saw it was, it was in the cinema, Pitch House Central, which is a lovely place. Mm. Um, and the second time I was at home, and you know this is going to lead to a small screen score. But um, yeah, the first, I was, I was quite excited to watch it again because I hadn't watched it since. And like I say, I picked up a few more things, but not much. The story's still the same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Funnily enough. I was hoping. I, I was kind of hoping there would be some like an addendum. He should do an update, shouldn't he? I, yeah. I kind of was thinking that he yeah. could do. I mean, even, not even about that specific guy, but just the general this issue. Is where is still, like, yeah, still fascinates me. The whole Wada. I think someone should do a big documentary about Wada. I'm fascinated by them. I mean, they are What's dodgy as hell, aren't they? Yeah. The well, actual <laughs> people running the drug checking. I don't... There was there was the East German well, the German documentary, wasn't it? That first yeah. uncovered some of it. Yeah. So you right. kind of wonder. That's sort of mentioned in passing, mm. yeah. But that kind of started. That was why he was then being monitored and That's checked, right. wasn't yes. it? Yes. Um, I'm just, I'm kind of flabbergasted by these un- unbreakable glasses, unbreakable yeah. bottles that they were using, which the FBI guy managed. To, sorry, the KGB guy managed to break within half an hour, and they it's fallibility built into the yeah, system. Absolutely. Yeah. A, they just simply don't believe there's people as crazy as Russia going to do the things they're going to do <laughs> to win. Um, small screen score, Josh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, this works on a, a smaller screen. There's not huge uh, action shots to uh, that need a cinematic environment. I would say four. That's it. I'll go four. Sure. Boyd. Um, yeah, I think I'd agree with four. Yeah, it's um, it probably is. Yeah, I don't think you need to see it on the big screen at all. No. Which is that's what this score means. Isn't that's it? right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. Are there many documentaries that you guys think are worthy um, of seeing on a big screen? I kind of want to, I'm trying to think. Um, there have been a couple, yeah. There was been a, I'm going to, a couple that I'm going to forget the names of. But um, there was the one about the guy who walked across the Twin. Man and Wire. Man and Wire, thank yeah. you. Which was then made into a dramatic film, wasn't yeah. it? Which I don't think was as good as the documentary. Yeah, I mean, it tells the same story. It tells I mean, the same story, yeah. This is the, I mean, one of the show notes, uh, one of the notes I asked about was like other documentaries. Yeah. Um, and, Man, and Man and Wire was one because it's almost yeah. like a heist kind of thing how they set up the whole thing exactly yeah which is yeah. the story is insane yes and uh, I remember thinking at the time oh, that's this is so well made that yeah it, it's really good to see in the cinema and there was a thing about the, about the double um, but the guy who directed the recent American uh, Animals have you seen that film oh yeah and he, The Imposter The Imposter that's yeah. it the double The Imposter <laughs> <laughs> That Bart, was a very... Bart Layton. Cin- Bart Layton, thank yeah. you. Yes. That was a very cinematic... That's probably one of the most cinematic documentaries. It was, actually, time. even though it was so closed in, mm. but because of the way he, he had yeah. the interviewees looking straight down the barrel of the camera. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah I did see it on this, in yeah. the big screen, actually. Yeah. So I would say that's more cinematic than, than this one, yeah. Sure. Helen? Um, small screen saw. Uh, I, I think I'll go for a five in this. Um, it doesn't... I don't think it needs to be seen on the cinema and uh, I just think it's uh, really good that obviously Netflix acquired this one mm. and um, you know it's it's there on their platform and it's something that they should be acquiring more of and kind of you know promoting this a bit more as opposed to some of the other stuff they put out <laughs> and the, le- wanna... the less Oscar winning the less Oscar winning ones yeah. I, I mean I was quite disappointed that Michael Moore didn't put Fahrenheit 11.9 on on Netflix or some kind of platform which made it easy for everyone to get because 
that's his whole kind of shtick. And I'm sure he's not doing it for money now, but he wants to get like a... Do you mean the new one? Yeah. I think it is going to be, actually, I think it is going to be on iTunes quite soon. Okay. I know that it's already on American iTunes and it only came out, I would say, like a couple of months ago in America. So I think it will be quite quickly on... on... Is that in time for these elections at the moment to get people thinking? Yeah, I think you're right. It is in the American sense, but I also think he wants it to be eligible for awards as well. So it has to come out. I mean, it's out, obviously, cinematically, but I think he wants as many people as possible to see it. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to go for a, yeah five. Like I saw it in the cinema, is great. Um, I guess the only thing was that it was good to talk with people directly afterwards who'd seen it. I was going to give a shout out to uh, One Day in September for. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah. One watching in the cinema, which yeah. was also uh, an Academy Award winner. What happens in One Day in September? It's the um, the Palestinian, Palestinian group yeah. came in to. And shot the eleven Israeli athletes. Oh, terrorists during the Olympics, yeah, yeah Olympics in the in the seventies, yeah. Yikes! Yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin McDonald, that one was. Is that the same guy that did Last King of Scotland? And yes, yeah. Okay, I love these directors and, and who touching do the void. Yeah. Paul touching Greengrass. the void as well. Paul Greengrass and him do the, the, yeah, yeah. the dramatic stuff and yeah. the documentary stuff. And Kevin and did um, the Whitney as yes. well. The camera, I recently. haven't seen that one yet. Which is, is also quite pretty cinematic, I would I, say. Is that? Mainly to do with the soundtrack and wanting to hear Whitney. Yeah, and he's got pro- he's got act- unlike the first Whitney. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, document, how does it compare? It's it's more cinematic and it's more it's much slicker because he has got access to all of the archive that mm. the first film didn't have. He this is like you know he's got I think it's her sister gave him all access to all the footage and archive that he wanted. Yeah, so it is more it is kind of it, it's it's pretty impressive to see. I mean, I saw Amy in the cinema. Oh yeah, Amy, yeah. yeah, and that was that was yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also at the same time. Just, this and the in Sundance London there was um, a film called Chasing Coral, mm-hmm. uh, follow it to Chasing Ice, um, and that was that was literally that was one of the most beautiful things I've seen, mm-hmm. and that, that worked well. And I, I keep thinking now now we were just naming documentaries, but Senna, I mean yeah. yes. Senna yes. was, yeah. was phenomenal. I saw that on a on a on a small um, airport airplane screen, oh, right. and again I think it would have been nice to see that. Yeah, that worked really well on the yeah. big screen. Well, you mentioned Senna there, but that has sporting action in it and yeah. in a way this is what that lacked yes there wasn't even yes. any footage really from the Olympic no, you know it's true, yeah. obviously that probably cost it was quite a lot of money in rooms on, on Skyping each other basically <laughs> <laughs> was, I mean, it was a big they were recorded Skype. terrifically well those oh, Skype yeah. calls the right. audio, everything was, done very well I was thinking how, how have you done that <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean but that was clearly uh that was that was thought out beforehand. He, was, sure. he thought we might have to have a remote doctor, effectively. <laughs> uh, but there isn't sporting action, which is mm. why I think we've all given it very sort of yeah, high yeah, scores yeah. on the small screen. Yeah. Um, okay, Josh, engagement score. Engagement, I'd go... Well, it is sort of a film of two halves in a way, isn't mm. it? I, I'd go four. I, I think, you know, I, I certainly, you know, stuck with it. On the flip side, I did, as I said before, <laughs> didn't quite. But I think for for those that would start watching a film, knowing what it's about, I think you would you wouldn't really struggle to to get through it. Um, I don't think my fiance would have watched it in the first place. So yeah, I'm, I'm saying I think four. Um, it's quite dramatic. It, there's enough uh, going on to keep you insane, but it is it is a little bit too long. I think, as I agree with Helen mm-hmm. uh, Boyd. Um, yeah, I'd go four as well. I think. Um... I kind of agree with everything Josh said just now, which is very rare, but uh, <laughs> it's slightly too long. But I think there's enough interest. I think he's, which is, you know, he's an engaging guy. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a, you know, he's a kind of, kind of wryly um, likable figure. So, and, and, and I keep going back to the transparency of the whole situation. It's not like he's pretending he wasn't making a completely different no. thing to what he ended up with. So, uh, yeah, for all those reasons, I would say for all. Yeah. And what do you guys make of Gregory as, as a person himself? He seemed very kind of 
happy to help along in this kind of scheme. It's like, oh, this is, seems like quite fun. <laughs> I'm going to, basically, I'm going to pretend this is my piss and take it across. But this, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And then he's like, by the way, um, I know these guys are getting killed. I need some like coverage. Just bumped and, off his best mate. Yeah. And Brian was like, dude, come here. We're going to like sort mm. you out. So mm. that whole Their friendship is quite nice. There's a, mm. something yeah. that sort of goes through it. I mean, they, you know, he meets him by random and, you know, at some point he's taking his way back, back with him to Russia <laughs> yeah. but you've got to be a good friend to do that absolutely yeah yeah. Um, Helen engagement score um, a little bit lower than you guys I'm going to go 3.5 um, I, I just felt it was a bit too long and I was waiting for kind of the story to catch up with where where I was unfortunately where were you? I was like waiting for come on get to the Olympics <laughs> um, I'm going 4.2 yeah um, again just I was, I was just absolutely floored by it the first time. Didn't know where it was going to go. Uh, loved it um, from start to finish, really. Um, I'm not what I was expecting. I knew, as at the time, I kind of knew that Russia was waning in or possibly not going to go to the Olympics, but I didn't know why, and I loved uncovering why this is happening. Um, that gives us an overall score of 3.328, which is a bit lower than I thought it would be, but it's the repeat viewing score of yeah. documentaries that, that kind of lets it down. Um, do you think that's fair, guys? Yeah, yeah. In, in, in the criteria that for this particular show, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, what do the Oscar? What do the Oscar people know? They gave yeah, it, they, you know, they watched it once not, and they were like, exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I mean, had Josh given his own film slightly higher <laughs> in the recommendability, that's right, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. it'd be a touch above. It's because uh, he's honest. Best to be honest. Yeah, Look, sure. I, mean, it's, I I think it it was. You know, I'm glad I what you know. I'm, Dad, you know, I think it is a sporting documentary. It's an interesting topic. There isn't really someone who's, you know, you know, you know gone and looked at the cycling, um, you know, world in that way and tried to do it themselves and ended up with this story. Um, but I don't think it's, you know, the, the greatest film that will ever be made. And in, in, in sporting documentaries, you even just mentioned there, Boyd Senna, you know, yeah. you usually think yeah. of something no you know, more memorable. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the score is actually a bit higher. Oh, three, three you hadn't point... put in your point two. I didn't yeah. know whether to point this out. Yeah, 3.59, yes. That's... Oh. oh, so that's definitely three and a half. Yeah, that's more like it. <laughs> well, that's 3.6. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Round up. Changes everything. Yeah. Um, Oscar winning. Yeah. <laughs> is that, what's your, what, your, what are your averages that you've been, I can only see... Your your previous couple of weeks here. Um, averages are quite. High. You came on for um, initially for Pulp Fiction, Josh, and mm. it was the and Amanda Knox. And as Amanda well. Knox. Document. I chose the Amanda. You Knox chose one. Yeah, I've chosen two documentaries. The theme here. Should thing. there be a third? I'm <laughs> sure it would be consistent. Wow. That's not that's not a problem at all. Um, I think consistently, people tend to pick between three and four at the moment. They seem to be, seem to be falling. Yeah, that kind of it, it either kind of scrapes into the threes or is about three and a half or four. 4.2-ish, yeah. We haven't had many stinkers in a while, which is good. Yeah, we're trying to weasel, we're trying to weed them out. Quality that's control, that's yeah, what exactly, you're doing. Exactly. Uh, I'm happy I'm happy with it, and I, I hope you all enjoyed, well, I know, Helen, you're watching it for the first yeah. time, and yeah. Kobe and Boyd for a second. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks for bringing it to, to, to the, the table. table. Uh, Thank you to Netflix. Yes. yes. Well, can you guys uh, sign off by letting people where, know where they can find you on Twitter or Instagram, both yourself personally and all your podcast projects? It's very hard to find me at my name, at Boyd Hilton, B-O-Y-D-H-I-L-T-O-N, both on Instagram and Twitter. And um, details of my far too many podcasts to, if you want to listen to me, droning on every week, you can. Um, I can be found at 
um, on Instagram at Mr. Josh Landy. I need to be consistent because on Twitter it's Josh underscore Landy. I think I need to bring them together, don't I? I haven't really thought this through. Just when you said you could be found on both like that, it made me think. So I'm on there. And if you want to listen to our joint podcast, which is uh, Footballistically Arsenal, you can uh, type that in on iTunes or go to footballisticallyarsenal.net. And we are on Twitter at the very simple at Arsenal Podcast. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Bye. Cheers, guys. You were just listening to the latest episode of Flix Water Podcast. Thank you to Brendan Russell for his sublime editing skills. Mighty people for the tunes you can hear right now. Please do come to iTunes and find us, like, subscribe, share with your friends. Find us on Twitter at Flix Pod and our website, flixwatcher.tv.